Today's daf is Kuf Yud Beis. We're holding at the top of Kuf Yud Aleph Omid Beis. Bez Hashem Yisbaruch, we're beginning the last pe- perek of Babakama, perek Asiri Hagoizel Machel. So let's get into the Mishnah. Zog Deilig HaMishnah. Hagoizel Machel is born of a person who steals and he feeds the item that he stole to his children. Or what happened was a niach lifnehem, he left it in, to them as an inheritance. Okay? So now, there's, so there's two cases. One is he stole and he fed it to them. One is he stole and he died, died and he left it to them. Right? Now, peturin milashalim, zok the Mishnah, is that he, that they are not held liable to pay the owner. Okay? Now, this is going to uh, have to be understood what the shot over here is. Now, L'chaira, in the first case, is where they ate it, it doesn't exist. So it doesn't exist. There's, no, there's nothing to return to the owner. So they are exempt and, uh, from paying. In the, in the second case, all right, where, uh, where the item is still intact, or we'll see, that's going to have a discussion. That's going to have to be a question. Why don't they have to give it back? If it's still intact, it doesn't say necessarily it's still intact, but if you assume it's still intact, the question is why don't they have to then give it back? All right? So we'll have to see, there's gonna be two ways of understanding this Mishnah. Let's keep going. Now, now if this was something that has uh, insurance, usually that refers to like real estate. We'll see, there's also gonna be two ways of understanding this. Then they have a responsibility to give it back, all right? Now, we're going to see... To pay. Oh, right, to pay. Now, but there's two ways of learning what this means. The is going to tell us, means one of two things. One is it's an item that was clearly the victim's, meaning it was so well known that it was the victim's, we can't leave it in their hands. So then they gotta give it back. The other shot is the father who, who left them this as an inheritance, he has real estate. So his real estate picks up any liability yeah, that, the, that he was incurred from the father, then they have to pay based on the liability that has been picked up by his real estate. There's made two different ways of understanding. All right, now I'm Reb Chister. Reb Chister comes and he sets forth the following principle. I'm gonna see whether we agree with Reb Chister or not the different uh, opinions here. It says, Gazal v'lenis yasha abayim. So the, the uh, person stole, and we know for a fact that the victim has not given up hope. It means he holds that he could still get it back. He's not despairing from the item. And a third party came and took it from the thief and consumed it. All right? Uh, so now the victim, it is now up to the victim to determine which one's easier for him to go after. He can either go after the original thief, if he wants to collect his, the money back, or what? Or he could go after the second party. Now, the question we have to answer is that we learned earlier in the Masefta that Ganav Archaganav is potter. So why over here can he still go after the second guy? So there's a machlokas, a famous machlokas between the two, two achron and the ktsos, hachoshen and the nesivas mishpat. 
The Ktsos holds is that it's true that when there's a second robbery after the first robbery, you cannot go after the second guy because if the second guy hasn't furthered the robbery, it's the same robbery to you. It's not, it hasn't made a difference in terms of the robbery, so you can't go after. But this guy did add to the robbery. What did he do? It, the item was intact. He went and consumed it. So therefore, in such a case, you don't have the tour of going to And then, But the Tzos learns the second guy is considered to be even, he caused even a greater Geneva. He took it out of existence. You can go after him as well, either the first guy or the second guy. Uh, the, yeah, not as well, not both, one or the no, other. No, no, you can't double dip, but you can run. The 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 the, the, the Nasivas learns is the reason you can go after the second guy is not because he's a Ganev, but because he's a Mazik. He damaged your item. He damaged your property. I mean, it's not under the guide of Gneva, uh, but it's under the night of the. So then, whether what the what the nafkamid, that's a big machlok in achronim. What the reason that Reb Chista allows you to go after the second guy is because normally a ganav achaganav is potter. Okay, that's the uh, right now. So Ratzmezego, Ratzmezego. My time. What's the reason? Because Kolkama Dolonis Yashua Bailim. The reason of here, what's critical to the fact is there was no use. So as long as there was no use, Brashus Demarikai, it's considered as if it still is owned by the original owner. So therefore, the second person has directly affected the. I mean, this, the, the which is the third person. The third. He's di- right. He's directly uh, affected the first fellow because he's considered to have owned it. Right, that's right. That, that's what he says. Now, that, that's, that's the ruling of Rav Chistus. Again, Rav Chistus ruling is basically is that if a, that if, the, if a second person, and there's been no Yush, and a second person consumes it, from, taking it away from the first uh, thief, that the second person could be held liable because it's considered to having either been damaging according to Nasivas or furthering the Gneva by taking this thing out of existence. Right. Yeah. Tanan, let's go to our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah says something that's very important. Our Mishnah says that goes on the is Bonov, a person who stole and then fed it to his children, or in Yechlifneim, or he left it uh, intact, Peturin Milashalem, they are exempt from uh, having to pay. Now, there is a question over here, which clause is the question coming from, all right? But Lachora, let's go with the first clause. Because the first clause, basically, you have a similar case. You have one party that stole it, and you have a second party that ate it. According to Rab Chista, he said if the second party ate it, you can go after the second party as well. So why are these children not, ex- why are they exempt, right? Especially whether you're a Mazda or a Ghana, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, the fact that you weren't aware of it, no, that shouldn't be an excuse. You should still be able to go after the second party. So it's a question on Rab Chista. So Chora to Yufta to Rab Chista. This would, is that a question, or is it saying? No, no, it's it, a, that's a question. It's asking. Our Mishnah seems to go. Yeah, that's a refutation. Of, seems to be. Seems to be. So you, Rab Chista, so the Chora was asking it, is this not a Tiyufta revelation? So I'm a Lach Rab Chista. Rab Chista would answer you, Kitanya he Lach Who says the Mishnah is talking about before Yush? His whole din was predicating on there was before Yush, so it's still in the domain of the original owner. But it could be that our Mishnah is talking about where the owner had already been Mayayish. The owner had been Mayayish, and now you feed it to the children. At that point, we don't call, we're not going to hold them responsible or liable because it's after Yush. 
Yes, makes sense? No, no, no. What, what, why is that? Why because the whole point was be, that the Prochista's rule was there was no Yush. Because there was no Yush, the original owner is considered to be still his property, so ah, the second so thief is considered is, stealing it from the original guy. But implied was that if the original owner was Mayayish, then he's not doing anything because it's really out of his domain already, at least partially. All right? So therefore, Amr Chista, Gitan Yahil, Achar Yush. It was Atumad after Yush. Now, so the second clause was that he left it as an inheritance. He didn't feed it to them when he was alive, but he left it to them as an inheritance, so then they are exempt from having to pay. Okay, now, the Chorah, why not? Why don't they have to give back the item? All right? The item's intact, why not give it back? So Amram Bar-Chama, he says, must be as follows. We already said that we're talking about in the Mishnah that you should happen. Now we know from earlier in the Masechta is that Yush not, does not necessarily on its own take it out completely from the domain of the original owner. You need a Yush with a Shino Hashem, you need a Yush with a, a, a small Maise, a Shino Maise, you need a Yush with a Shino Rishus, change of domain. The original theft is not considered to be a change of domain, but a change of domain from the original thief together with a huge, that can take it completely from the, out of the domain of the original owner. So this must be as follows. Is that very interesting? How do we look at an inheritance? Is an inheritance just an extension of the original domain of the dead father? Or is an ex- inheritance considered to be like a purchase, like a transferal of domain? You're the question. He says, so must be, the fact that our Mishnah says that these Yarshim do not have to return the item, even though the item is intact, even though there was a Yush, it would not be sufficient to take it away from the original owner unless we say that the Yerusha is viewed as a change of domain, a Shinirushus. So the Shinirushus with the Yush makes it theirs completely and therefore they don't have to give it back. So that's what our Mishnah must be saying is that Rishus Yorish, that the inheritance of the Yorish, Kirishus Dami, is the same as a purchaser. That an inheritance is viewed as like a purchase in terms of its transferal of domain. So here we have the combination of Ayush with a Shinirishus explains the second clause of the Mishnah that when it's intact, they don't have to give it back. All right. That is one explanation of the Mishnah, all right? So basically, let's go over here. Basically, the explanation of this Mishnah is, is saying is that, <coughs> the, that the understanding was that the inheritance is still intact, and the question was, well, why don't they have to give it back? So Rami Bachama said, it has to be, the only reason not to have to give it back, because you have the combination of the Yush together with Shin Rishus. Well, where's the Shin Rishus? You have to say is that an inheritance is viewed like a shinir rishus. Rava disagrees with that. Rava says, Rava, I'm a rishus, yarish, lavk rishus, dami. I don't agree with that. I think there's a big difference with an inheritance or a purchase. An inheritance is just an extension of the original estate of the father. It's not considered to be a change of purpose. Ah, so you're going to ask me a question that how come then does the thief, the owner not get it back from them? Is they consumed it. Meaning it's not in existence. Means you're right. If it was in existence, the shinirish, the yush would not have been enough. They would have had to give it back. 
The reason they don't have to give it back over here is because it doesn't exist anymore. That's the reason they don't have to yeah. give it back, okay? So which means that you have but to go back to, to our... Rabbi, if it did exist, they would have to. Right, and yours wouldn't help you. Then you have to go back and read the Mishnah. When the Mishnah is there, therefore the two options are, according to the first explanation of Rami Bar it's the father either fed it to them when he's alive, right? So they fed it to them when he's alive, there was a use, and their consumption of it no longer exists, they don't have to give it back. Or he left it intact, even though it's intact, but you have the Yush with the Shini Rishus, because your Yerushas consider Shini Rishus. According to Rava, no, a Yush, a, 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 you don't have Yush and Shini Rishus, because a, your Yerushas is not considered Shini Rishus. So there we have to read it, either the father fed it to them, or you left it to them as a Yerusha, and they consumed it. Even though it doesn't say they consumed in the Mishnah. Just says he left it to them. But Rava's learning, the reason why you're potter is because they consumed it. Had they not consumed it, then they would have had to give it back. That would have to give it back. Very good. So Moses says as follows. Where they consumed it after the Yerusha. Says as follows. The problem with that understanding of Rava, which means that it doesn't exist anymore, right? That's how he's explaining, it doesn't exist anymore. It says, but in that if this was something that was like real property, was like real estate, right? They have to pay. Now, again, this go, go, the question's based on the premise that what does that mean? If it's something just as real estate, everybody knows who the owner of the real estate is. Right? So therefore, it was something that was of significance that everybody can identify that it belongs to the original victim, then they have to give it back. But what does that imply? That we're not talking about a case that it doesn't exist. It has to still be there. Otherwise, what are you telling me? Right? So it means like this. I'll tell you what it's saying is it exists. If it's not clearly the original victims, they don't have to give it back. It's clearly original victims, they have to give it back. But clearly we're talking about something that exists, not that it doesn't exist. How can Rabbi learn? Someone says like this. So, that infers the ratio that the first part of the Mishnah we're dealing with right now, the second clause in the first part of the Mishnah, is we're talking about that the Yerusha that they received, that, that stolen item, still exists. Someone says like this, Amar Lachrava, Rava will explain to you is that Hachika Amar, is that what the Mishnah is saying is that it's, uh, it's like real estate, it doesn't mean like you're explaining that something of significance. We'll see, there's a claim. No, that's not what it's saying. It actually means real estate. It means if the father died leaving land, the land assumes liability, the land assumes responsibility, and therefore, even though they consumed it, Property. The property picks up the lien and therefore they have to pay from the property. That's the shot. So it doesn't have to be in existence then according to that. The father left for them real estate, then that's what it means. Okay? So therefore, so we have a, a whole different, according to Rob, a whole different understanding of the Mishnah. First, the first that either the father fed it to them doesn't exist anymore. They don't have to pay. Or the father left it to them and they consumed it. They also don't have to pay because there's been a Yush and a Shin They don't have to, uh, have to pay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, because, because even though it hasn't been a, a Shin but they consumed it, it doesn't exist anymore. They also don't have to pay. I then what's the last clause says, but if it's considered like, uh, like, like even, even it doesn't mean, like we said, it's something significant. It means that they will father left land that assumes liability, then the liability shifted to the land they have to pay. Even if they consumed it, they have to pay from the land. That's the way Rav explains it. So Mona says like this, is that, remember, Rava, 
is an Amora. And Rabba's coming to explain the Mishnayas. Now, now if you find that Rabbeinu HaKadosh explained the Mishnah differently than Rava, then you're going to have a problem. Right? How can Rava give a different interpretation? We are on Kuvyud Alev and Abayz, right after... Right. How can he give an explanation of the Mishnah that does not concur with the explanation that what? The way that Rebbe himself explains the Mishnah. If anybody knows how to explain the Mishnah, it's Rebbe, right? Now, you could argue, and we're going to see like this, is that Rebbe, in some cases, just took existing Mishnayas from previous generations. All right. But that this, that, therefore, it's Rebbe's not, the, Rebbe's not arranging this particular Mishnah. He's interpreting it. But again, the, the interpretation of Rebbe of a Mishnah trumps the interpretation of Rava. Right. All right. So when it says like this, that Rebbe, when he was teaching this Mishnah to his son, Rab Shimon, and he explained that line, when it says that if there is a Dover Shiesh Bach Rayus, Chayovin Lishalem, that if there was something that literally means on it there's liability, which usually is synonymous with saying land, right, you're chayav to pay, said, what did he tell his son? It doesn't mean you have to have actually real estate. It's not referring to property. But if there, it could be even a cow that the victim used to plow with, or it could be a chamar or a chamar achrav, or it was a donkey that the, 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 the victim used to uh, guide or walk when he was working it, and everybody recognizes that this belonged to the original victim, then then as an honor to the father, because we don't want them walking around something that everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, that's the item that the father stole. You have to go ahead and give it back. So when it just compares it to real estate, means just as real estate, everybody knows who the owner is. So to this item, if it's something that everybody knows the owner is, as a cover to the father, the thief who passed away, they have to give it back. But you clearly see that the way Rebbe understood it is not the way uh, Rava understood it. It's not talking about that it's actually real estate that assumed the liability, but the item no longer exists. No, it's the way we thought it originally, is that the item is in existence. It just means if the item's in existence and nobody knows who it is, so then they can hold on to it. And as we said, it can only be because of Yush and Shin Rishus. But if the item is clearly belongs to the father, even though technically, to the owner, even though technically there was Yush and Rishus, but you see, not like Rava's interpretation. So, Ella, Amar Lach Rava, therefore, Rava agrees <coughs> that, you know, there's no question that this is the way uh, that, that the, 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 this interpretation of the Mishnah really is, is not like what I was saying, and that is the way Rabbeinu HaKadosh Rebbe explained the Mishnah, who am I to argue? But that doesn't necessarily mean that my interpretation is correct, uh, is, 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 is in, incorrect. I, what do you mean? How can you have an interpretation that clearly is conflicting with Rebbe's of the Mishnah? He says, because there's a b'risa. The b'risas were uh, arranged by Rab Oshia, um, right? Rabchia and Rab Oshia. And there's a b'risa, a tosefta, that clearly states the pshat the way I understand it. So I have who I, on who I can uh, rely. I rely on the teaching of Rab Oshia. Rab Oshia, I believe, was a Talmud of Rebbe. But nevertheless, there is a way that you can explain my pshat without saying that it's a refu- ref- complete refutation of my position. So El Amar Rava, so Rava says as follows. 
is ki shachivna, a very interesting expression. He says, when I die, Rab Oshia nafik levosi, Rab Oshia will come out and greet me. He will honor me. Rab Oshia will come out and honor me. <laughs> Why? Desaritzna matnisen kevosi. Because I explained the Mishnah the way Rab Oshia says pshat in the Brisa, which is a fascinating thing comes out because it comes out usually Brises are now and, and also Brises often, often uh, Brises give us an insight into how to understand the Mishnah often. And so it comes out that even though Rabbeinu Akkados, redactor of the Mishnah, says this is the way I understand the Mishnah, but Rab Oshia in his Brises clearly did not have that shot and says, Rava, I'm following the position of Rav Oshia. So you're going to ask me, how can, again, how can Rav try explain the Mishnah like Rav Oshia when Rebbe doesn't know him shot? Because I think it's not, the Mishnahs weren't necessarily uh, produced uh, uh, and didn't start off new in the hands of Rebbe. Rebbe collected Mishnahs, so therefore there is a, a, an avenue to explain that even though when Rebbe is, uh, assigned this Mishnah the way he assigned it, it doesn't Necessarily mean that there doesn't it's not subject to different interpretations. That's what that's what Rav is saying. So I'm a Rav. When I pass away, Rav Oshia will come towards me. He'll come greet me. Right? The Tariks the because I explain the Brisa, the Mishnah, the way he understands it in the Brisa. How so? The Tani Rav Oshia, because Rav Oshia taught in the Brisa. Hagozel Umachel Esbonov. Our case. Person steals and then. Feeds. He stole a cow at a barbecue, fed it to his children. Okay? Peturin milishaleh. Those children, after the father dies, after the father then dies, they don't have to pay the thief. Right? What's that? That's fine. That's okay. Because it doesn't exist anymore. We can't hold them liable. Heiniach lifnehem. If he left it before them as an inheritance, before he passes away, right? Gezele kayemes. So this is Rav Oshia talking. If it's still intact, chayavin, then they are required to give back the item. All right? If it's no longer intact, then it's peturin, they'll be peturin. But if he left real estate, then even if it's not intact anymore, because the land assumes the liability, this is clearly like whose interpretation? The interpretation of Rava. So Rava's saying is, Rav Oshia will appreciate the fact that I'm trying to learn the Mishnah the same way as he said in the Brisa. But there here it is a huge machlokas then between Rava and Rami Bar okay, which... Is 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 uh, is basically hinges on whether we say that when a person inherits something from his father, what is that just an extension land? of his domain, right. or is it a change of domain? Right. So therefore, it was Yush going to be Yush and Shin Rishus, which means if it's intact, you would not have to give it back, which is the position of Rami Bar Chama. Or according to Rava, that Yushus Yorish is not considered like Yushus Lokeach, and therefore, it's intact, you would still have to give it back, right? Now, there is, there is a svara that even if it's intact, even if you hold like Rami Barachama, that it's intact, that sometimes you might have to give it back, like Rebbe, that if it's something that is so clearly identifiable as the original victims, that for the covet of the father... <coughs> right, okay. Now, so we had the, the way we started today's Gemara is with Rab Chista. Rab Chista says that if a third party came and took it away from the thief and consumed it himself, all right, 
and it was before the owner was Mayayish, which means considered still completely in the Rishus of the uh, owner, the, 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 the owner has the ability to sue either party. You can either go after victor, uh, thief number one or thief or mazik number two. Now, the Gemara is now going to ask Akasha based on, on, on Rab Oshia's Brysa. <coughs> what does it say? Amar Mar. It says if the article, the item is no longer in existence, then what? Then Peturin, then the children are exempt. All right? Now, the Chorah, that should be a kasha on, 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 uh, on, on Rav Chista. Because Rav Chista learned, one second, Rav Chista says that if, that if a second party consumes what was stolen by the first party, you can go after the second party. So why in this Brysa does it say the item is no longer in existence? It means they consumed it. Then lechora, then the the, 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 the victim can't go. Why can't he go after them? Lechora, that should, that seems to be contradicting the position of Rav Chista. Uh, oh, you hear the kasha. So name a to Yufta. We just say that this is a refutation of Rav Chista. Again, Amalach Rav Chista. We're Rav Chista here today. He would say this brisa does not necessarily contradict me. Why? Kitanya hila achar yush because the brisa could be talking about after yush. So after Yush, then it works out fine. Because since it's after the you after Yush, and the and and, 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 and they inherited it, it's Yush and Shinurashus. So therefore you're not required in such a case. Um, you don't have to even beggar, they can't go after the guy. Well Chris they agreed children. that in that case then they, they can't go after the third party if there's been a Yush. Okay, that's what he had said. Now, Amar Mar. Let's keep going. Again, the Gemara now is going to ask another question from that same Brysa. We're quoting the Brysa of Rab Oishia. Gzela Kayemes, it says, let's say that the item is still in existence. Then Chayavin Lashalmi have to return it. All right? So now this should be a Tiyufta, an Emetavit Tiyufta, and Rami Barchama. Right? Now, even though we said that Lachor is Machlokos Rav and Rami Barchama, Right? They're, but but the, the Mora wants to see if they can make the Brisa Rabosha even fit the position of Rami Barchama. Now the problem Rami Barchama said is that if there's been a Yush and a Shinarashus, even if the item is intact, you, you can't go after the item. Can't because the Yush plus the Shinarashus. And he held that inheritance is considered like a Shinarashus. So the Mora wants to know over here, then why does it say Gzela Kayemis that if the item is intact? Chayavin l'shalim, so they have to, the, they have the children have to pay, they have to give it over. Why do they have to give it over if it's Yosh and Shin Rishos? Right. So name it after you of the Dram Barachamo. So Moses says, Amalak Ramachamo, Ramachamo is going to tell you, Kitanya he, that the Brisa of Rab Oshia is actually talking about Lefnei Yosh. Now, how does that help you? Since it's talking about before Yosh, then the Shin Rishos on its own doesn't do anything. It still belongs to the original owner, and therefore it's intact. You can go after him. All right, now. Uh, so, so now, so, the, so now, the Gemara now is going to, uh, so, 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 this whole Gemara, this, we, we brought down a principle of Rami Bar which was questioned by Rava, but the, the, the principle that Rami Bar wanted to say is that the only reason it makes sense to say that if the item, he brought a proof from our Mishnah, that if the father steals it, and dies and leaves it to the children as inheritance, and it's intact, 
He says, Lechora, why don't they have to give it back? The item's intact. It must be that we're talking about that there was Yush, and the inheritance is considered to be like a Shinarishus. That's what Ram Rahama said. Even, so therefore, since and there was Yush, and therefore you don't have to give it back because it's considered as if it doesn't belong by, by the, the, the inheritors. They don't have to give it back, even though it's intact. So the principle that he was saying basically was that Rishus, Yorish is Rishus Lokeach. All right? That was the principle predicated on our Mishnah. Remember that? The Yorishus of the Yorish like Rishus Lokeach. So what the one is going to say is that we have another version where Rav, uh, Rav Rami Barchamo says the same principle, but he predicated it on not our Mishnah, but he based it upon a... Uh, a a a a uh, a brisa. He brought the raya from a brisa. Okay, so let's see. Okay. All right. So Rav Adabar Ava Masna Lahadar Rami Barachamo. Rav Adabar Ava learned the statement of uh, of 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 Rami Barachamo from a from a different source from a brisa. What does the brisa say? It says Heiniach Lahen Aviyam. Maos shall rivers. He's going to teach the same thing right the, now. He's going to bring the same principle, the principle with different source. The different source, and then one of them is going to question why did each one bring it from the source okay, they brought it. <coughs> but again, what's the principle we're trying to prove that the Yorish inheriting is considered like a change of domain? That's the point. Well, now it says over here the case is the father was a money lender, but he wasn't a good money lender. He was a bad money lender. What did he do? He used to lend with, with ribbis. Okay? Now, the proof is predicated on that when you take ribbis, it's like illegal property. It's like stolen. That's what the, we're making a corollary. We're saying we're comparing ribbis to theft. Right? Because you're violating an insert. So the one says, what happens? You, the father is this money lender, launderer, lender, whatever. Lender, lender, not launderer. And he borrows money and he piles up this amount of ribbis and he dies and he leaves the money the with the ribbis to the children. Okay? So that's the case. So he He left the money, which was clearly interest money. Okay? Money of, money of interest. And even though the children, because the children know nothing, no, the children know, the children, even though they know that that bank account is ribbis, right? They know it. That from the letter of the law, they can hold on to it and they can keep it. They don't have to give it back. Now, why would that be? The Isser is intact. It's, that's the Isser. That's the Rebbe's money. Must be, Amr HaMilchama, it must be Zosa Meres, Rishus Yoresh, Kereshus Bekeach Dami. That this only makes sense is if you say that A, there was Yush, means that the, the, the owner obviously doesn't plan, the, 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 the lender, not the lender, the borrower doesn't plan on getting it back, obviously, because he's giving it. And not only that, it changes the, uh, Domain it goes from the father to his sons, which is like a yush and a shinarushus, and therefore what? Therefore they don't have to give it back. So this is a different source. Therefore, for Rami Barakama's statement, he says, "It must be that the change of the change of uh, of, of, of 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 the inheritance coming from the father's son is like a change, uh, like a purchase. It's like a shinarushus. What's the raya?" Why is that a raya, Ira? Because 
Because they keep it. Because they keep it. Otherwise, they should have to give it back to the, the borrower. Why are they allowed to keep it? So that's the raya. So now, so everyone see. So, so we have two sources where Rami Bar potentially said it from. Either from our Mishnah, where the inheritors of the father who was a thief get to keep the item intact, or from the Brisa, which is not talking about theft per se, it's talking about ribbis, and that the children get to keep the ribbis of their father. Right? With me. So what it says like this. So Rava Amar, Rava says, I disagree on the Brisa's interpretation. Right, again, Rav, we had the first version, Rav agreed with the interpretation from the Mishnah. Here it says Rav disagrees with the interpretation from the Bride. So why? But Rav's crux of his, in his argument is going to be is that even though Ribas is an Isser, Ribas is not uh, equitable. You don't compare Ribas to Gzela. Ribas is not theft. And therefore, the point that he's going to say is that the fact is that the Torah requires who to give back the ribbis? The, the, the lender. You took away the ribbis, you got to give it back. But once it goes to the children, maybe there's no responsibility on the children to give it back. But that doesn't bring you a raya that it's a shinu rishus. So that's, that's what Rav means. Don't compare it to Gneva. It's got nothing to do with Gneva or Gzela, right? So much is like this. So Rav Amalach, really, I'll tell you, Rishus Yoresh, that the domain of the inheritor is is not considered a complete transferal of domain like it would be in a purchase. But it's different over here. Why over here don't the children have to give it back? I'm a crook, because the Pazak says, There's a prohibition on the person who is lending. Do not take interest or an increase in what you're lending him. Do not take it back from your brother. Because you have to let a person live. Interest chokes you. You've got to let the person live. You can't charge him interest, right? So now what is the din? So you, therefore, you have to make sure that he can live. And therefore, if you did take it, we understand, give it back. Because you have to make sure he's able to live. So Give back the interest in order that he should be able to live. But whose instruction is that? The Torah's instruction, give it back that he can live. Once you took it, you still have to give it back. The Chari could hear that that's on the guy who took it. Right? So therefore, On him there is that instruction. But Lebre, but maybe on his children, who did not commit the violation, what? So you know, Hashem does not require it. And therefore you have no raya over here that that the Yorish is like Rishus Lekeach. All right? So now, so look at this. We have very interesting here. We had two sources where Ram Barachama could have said it. It could have then been from the Mishnah, case of Gzela, or it could have been from the Bryce in the case of Ribbis. But the point that Moore is going to say over here, that if you held, if you hold like Rav Adabar Ava, and you're bringing the proof from the case of Ribbis, then if you can bring it from the case of Ribbis, for sure you can bring it from the case of our Mishnah, which is not talking about Ribbis, it's talking about Gzela. But if you hold that the source was that he said from the case of the Mishnah, then it's not, it doesn't mean that you can bring a raya from the case of the Bryson, because you might agree with Rava's question, that who says you can compare Ribbis to Gzela. So therefore, Rambacham brought a proof. Where did he bring it from? If he brought it from the Bryson, for sure he'd bring it from the Mishnah. If he brought it from the Mishnah, it doesn't mean he would bring it from the Bryson. So that's the point that it's saying. So it says like this, So the one who learned that Rami Barachamah's Proof was from the Brisa, so Kalsha came for sure. You'd be able to bring the same proof from Amatnisin. But but the one who says he brought it from the Mishnah, so then Avala Brisa, the right from the Brisa, Rami Barachamik, Rabbi Masni, maybe Rabbi Barachamik would agree with Rabbi that you cannot make 
a comparison between what? Between Ribes and Zela. Uh, Correct. Okay. Let's go right to Tanu Rabbonu. We learned in a Brisa. Again, dealing with the same Indian. The person who steals and he feeds his children that which he stole, they are not responsible to pay back because the item doesn't exist. Now, we had a machlokas over here. Is this talking about whether do you have to say that even Dafka because there was Yush or would that even apply when there's no Yush? We had two different opinions. Now, says the Moravaiter. Now, hey, Niach Lifnehem. If he left it before them and it's intact, okay? So now, if they are adults, then you can sue them in order to pay. But if they're ktanim, then peturin melisham, they're not liable to pay. Now Rashi points out that this is going to be an opinion later on, the opinion of Sumchus. Sumchus holds you can never sue minors. Even if it's not you're suing them to pay out of pocket, I'm not suing them out of pocket over here. What am I suing them? To get back what? An item which is a, a clearly a stolen item which was intact. Even so, we're going to see the Chachamim disagree with him. But Rami Rabbat Sumchus holds is that an item, even if it's intact, you cannot sue either uh, minors. Now, whether on later on, when they become adults, maybe you can go after them, but right now you cannot sue. So, Gedolim, if it's intact, you can go after the Gedolim right away, but Ketanim, you cannot put to him Now, the Im Amru, now let's say they, the Gedolim said, They said, you know what, we don't know. How do we know that our father did not reconcile with you or pay, uh, pay you back? Or, or that how do we know he owes you anything, our father, right? Paturim, they don't have to pay. Now that last line, the Gemara finds very difficult because if the victim is saying, your father has my stolen property and that's the stolen property, why should it be if all they say is, well, we don't know, Potter, what do you mean? At, at least there's a court case. It's a bari against the Shema. You know, bring proof. What do you mean? You don't know. What do you mean? Why do you mean Potter? So when it says, I mean, because we don't know anything. So therefore what? Paturin. I know nothing. It's not as a work. You need to, that doesn't exempt you from, why is it exempt? So when it says like this, I'm a rova, hachika amar. No, rova says that we have to explain the prices somewhat differently. Meaning like this, the way the girsa, it means when it's exact, actual girsa change, but uh, that, that, that we have to say like this, meaning they were saying, you don't think we don't know. Meaning, not, not that we don't know. We don't think we don't know that he paid you back already. Meaning that's what it means. It means that he do know. Correct. So when it says like this, we know that he he paid up or that, that he paid you already. So therefore, <coughs> in such a case, and therefore nothing remains here from your original uh, of the original theft. In such a case where they're claiming bori, so then a case would be that it is potter. Okay, then it's a bori against the bori, and. Uh, and, 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 and they would not have to, they would not have to pay. They're sure that that's what happened. Now, uh, I mean, norm, I mean, normally a, 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 a victor, I mean, a thief, every thief claims he doesn't owe, right? Was, but here it's not the thief, it's the children. The children say, Bari, they're not, they're, they're not, they don't, we don't assume that they're, it's, 
gazlanim. So therefore, in such a case, they would be uh, they would not be held liable. All right, Tanya Idach. We have another brisa. Again, same idea. A person steals and feeds it to his children. They are not held responsible. Now, let's say he left it intact. And in this case, they actually did consume it. All right. So it says that whether they are adults or whether they are children, they are liable. Now the truth of the matter is, this line itself is very difficult. It doesn't agree with any, with any of the opinions from before, because right. everybody held it, it's not around anymore. So the, the one asks a different question, but the answer is gonna say, the one is gonna ask is, what do you mean, how can you sue Katanim? Everybody agrees that if the Katanim have to pay out of pocket, you cannot sue them when they're minors. So the says like this, Katanim, how can you sue the minors? It means it's no different than minors. If a minor damages, a minor is a mazik, we learned before. Keep away from kids because they can damage you and they don't have to pay. So how can you go after the minors over here? It's no different than damage. So again, we have to re-edit or reinterpret what this is saying. Even though the Bryson said they ate it, but he said that can't be correct. It must be a mistake. It means they have not yet eaten it. It's still intact. That's what you have to say, the Pshad and the Bryson is. That as long as it's still intact, so then this is going like the Chachamim Shita. The Chachamim hold that if you're not going after out-of-pocket money from a minor, you're going after something which is still intact, then you are able to go after them. So that's the Pshad over here. Ketanim. The Ben Ketan, Ben Gedolim. Chayavim. They are Chayav to pay. You can go after them. You can go ahead and, 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 and sue them. Why? Because you're not going out of, after out-of-pocket money. Why aren't you going out-of-pocket money? Because it's talking about where the theft is intact. Okay, let's go back to Amarova. Heiniach lahem aviyem para sha'ula. So the case was as follows. So this is a very interesting case. Let's say a father, what's wrong? No, the father borrowed a cow, okay? Father borrowed a cow and it was a 30-day loan. But it's a sha'ela. Sha'ela means he gets to use it. Now let's remember, the, the, uh, on the totem pole of liability, the highest liability is the person who borrows. Why? Because A, he gets to use it, and B, he doesn't pay. So that's the highest of meaning. If this animal, a lightning bolt comes out of Shemayim and smash, uh, kills the animal, you still have to pay. I, complete owners, doesn't matter. There's one exemption. The exemption is Mesa Machmas Baloch. If the thing that I borrowed it for, then I'm exempt. Because I borrowed it for that reason. You can't hold me accountable. That, you know. But nevertheless, the point that it's making is that, uh, that, that over here, the case was the father borrowed the item. All right? Now, the father dies day 15. Now, the agreement was that he could keep borrowing it for 30 days. So, very interesting. That the estate, the, the, the inheritors, they can continue using it for the next 15 days. Right? Now, what would you say that if this animal gets hit by lightning? Now, if the father, if it got hit by lightning by the father, liable. the father's liable. Children, the Chorah, continuing on with the agreement of the father because they can use it for the next 15 days. Are you got the case? Yeah. All right? Sorry. Now, what happens if it gets hit by lightning? So what would you say? I would say that 
You would think if they're assuming the use of the animal, so the father, they should also assume his liability. Says the more no, very interesting anomaly here is that even though they can continue using it because the father had the right to use it, but they themselves did not borrow it directly from the lender, therefore they did not assume that level of liability. Now, as long as they're not negligent, then they will not be required to pay. Very interesting anomaly. So Moses says as follows. So therefore, now Mesa ain't chayovim do that if something happens, if it dies, they're not responsible for onsen, for things that where they were not negligent, for an unavoidable uh, mishap. Kesvurin shalaviyam he utvachu second case. Let's say the father left in their backyard, the father left a, uh, a nice geshmaka gesunta cow. All right, my first cycle that I was doing Daf Yomi, there was somebody in the shir that was, I was new to Miami, and I kept saying is, the cow Bessie in the backyard. He kept giving me these eyes, and then the guys told me later when his mother's name is Bessie. Don't use that as the example. So anyway, so anyway the point is that, that, that so they have this, this, this cow in the backyard, and they see the father left it, and they said, you know what? We're gonna have a barbecue for the shiva, and they go ahead and shech the cow, and they eat the cow, and then they find out that this was a borrowed cow. What do you think should happen in such a case? All right. So it wasn't there was no malice? There was no mention that the right note. But but so kizvurim shall aviyim he utvachul kuvachluah meshal mint me baser bezol. So says the more very interesting like this is that they they're not ganovim. They're not thieves. All right. And so at the end of the day, though, they did benefit from somebody's property, okay? They're not, there's no malice, there's no mazik, but at the end of the day, when it comes to paying what you benefited, so it's called medramzol means you have to pay the, uh, uh, the cheap rate on the market. The cheap rate on the market is two-thirds of the market rate. So that at least they have to pay. Why do they have to pay that? Because at the end of the day, they got benefit. They got benefit, they have to pay. That's what they have to pay, okay? So, all right, so therefore there's two parts of, uh, of uh, uh, the, 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 the Bryson. There's going to be a third line in the Bryson, which we have to explain. But the two parts of the Bryson is case one is they get to use it for the full duration of the She'ela, but if there's an onus, they're part of it. They don't assume the onus piece of it. Case two is that if they themselves did cause the demise of the animal by shechting and eating it, but they just didn't realize that it, uh, that it belonged to somebody else, they thought it belonged to the father, they still have to pay what they benefited, which is the, 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 the cheap rate on the market is at least two-thirds. Uh, they would be willing to pay for the meat. At least they would have been willing to pay a discount for that meat. They have to at least pay the owner at a discount as well. Last line, and this, this is the question where this is going on. If the father left real estate, okay, in such a case, then they're obligated to pay, all right? From the land, uh, they have to pay the animal's value from the land. Now, there's that last line, it's not clear. Is it going on the first case or it's going on the second case? I mean, there's two ways to understand that last line. It could either be saying that it's true that they did not accept liability and therefore if the animal dies in the race on its own, they're potter. But if the father left land, then the liability transfers to the land. The land, you pay from the land. That's one way. 
Or you could learn it's going on the second case, is that when they shechted it, they pay a discounted rate. But if there was property left by the father, then they've got to pay the full value. So it's not clear where that, that last line is going. It's going on both, it's going on one, or it's going on the other, right? That's not so clear. So what it says like this. Uh, some learned that that last ruling is actually going on Rava's first case. And there's some that learn it's going on the second, uh, second uh, ruling. Now, in order to understand the next piece of Gemara, we need to know there's a machlokas between Rapapa and the Chachamim. What is the machlokas between Rapapa and the Chachamim? Very interesting, is we know when a person borrows an item, okay, he now is liable for almost anything that happens to the animal. When a person borrows an item to use, right. he becomes chayv in almost anything that happens, all right? However, there's one, we say one exemption. Now, the shayla is like this. In the terms of the mechanics of liability, in the mechanics of liability, there's two ways to explain how that liability is assumed. Do we say in the original Sha'ilo, when the Sha'ilo took place initially, built into it is already the built-in liability, or does the liability just get assumed at the time of the mishap? Yeah. Right. Right. Now, where is it going to happen Afgamina? It's going to be a big difference when the mishap occurs by the Yarshim. Right? Why? Because if you hold that liability is built in from the, the father, then the Chorah, the liability is from the time of the father, right? But if you hold that it's built in at the time of the mishap, then you could argue they didn't assume that liability, therefore, and the father's not around anymore to assume that liability, then the Chorah, they should not be held responsible, right? So the Morris says like this, so let's see. So If you learn that the land holds them responsible, that makes them have to pay the, uh, the, 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 the full value of the animal when the animal died, right? Then for sure they're going to be held responsible in the case where they have to pay the two-thirds, they have to pay the full value, right? And that'll disagree with Rapapa. Why is it disagreeing with Rapapa? Rapapa held that liability is only assumed at the time of the mishap. So therefore, if you hold that liability is assumed from the time of, of, of when the transaction took place, so then that's not agreeing with Rapapa. Because the horror like this, if, if you tell me like the liability goes from the time of the, of the father. The father's not around to hold him responsible, but his land is around, so his land assumes that liability. But that doesn't work according to Rapapa, because according to Rapapa, it doesn't start then. So therefore, if you learn it's going back to the land holds them responsible, that's going not like Rapapa. That's going like the Chachomim. And, 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 right? and for sure then, the second case of the liability, they have to pay two-thirds, or that go, that, that for sure, if you hold it in the ratio, for sure in the safer. But they would not argue that Pligra Papa. But mind the master say, but if you only learned that statement that there's land, then instead of paying the two-thirds, they have to pay the full value of the land. It's only going in that case. 
right? But it doesn't go on the case of when the animal died on its own in the Reisha, behind the Rapapa, then it follows Rapapa. Because in the Reisha, where they did nothing wrong, they're not held liable. I, the father, has land. Who cares? The father's, the, the liability doesn't transfer of the land because liability only starts now. And now the father's not around. They don't have to pay out of the land. Now, in the case where the Taka did, they caused the demise of the animal, so they have to pay two-thirds. And therefore, and if there's land, they should have to pay the whole thing out of the land. Then Rapapa would agree with it. Then that goes like Rapapa. Behind it to Rapapa. Dam Rapapa. And where do we see this? To Papa said like this, I support a genuva. If you had a stolen cow, the, the issue over here is dealing with kamle bedrabamine. We know when there's kamle bedrabamine, so therefore, if at the same time there's financial liability as well as a capital offense, you, you, know, you can't cow offense. Now, the, 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 the case that we're dealing over there, we're dealing with a brysa that is going to be the shita of Rav Meir. Rav Meir says kamle bedrabamine only works by momon. It doesn't work on, on, on compensatory payments. On knas, on penalty, there is no such thing as kam lebe de rabba In other words, you do both then? Then you could hold the guy, zap him for both, okay? So the case is like this. The case is that a person stole uh, a cow, a genuva, he stole it on Wednesday, okay? Shabbos, he shechted it, okay? Now, already on Wednesday, it was chayv keren and kefal. <clears throat> He's already chayv the keren and the kefal for what happened on Wednesday. Shabbos, he upped the ante to the, but so therefore the chi of Misa only coincides with the portion of the Dalit Vehe, which is the Knas. Yeah. So therefore in such a case, the, the financial portion of it already it was already. happened already, and therefore the only thing you have here is the, is, the, is the penalty part, the punitive part, so therefore in such a case, the person will be chayev. They'll have to pay. They'll have to pay because kamlev is not said on something that is purely punitive. However, let's say a separate case. He had borrowed a cow, okay, which means it was not stolen, it was borrowed, right? And this guy then violated the terms of his borrowing by shefting it on Shabbos. So now the financial portion is starts on Shabbos. Therefore, in such a case, so therefore, Tvachla Shabbos is Potter. She Isr Shabbos, Isr Gneva, Echot. Now, how's that so? Because his liability for violating his agreement, right, that he went and shechted an animal that he's supposed to just be using, when does that start? On Shabbos. On Shabbos. When he shechted. He shechted on Shabbos. That's when it started. On Shabbos. And therefore, it's Potter from both. Now, so, he's, so, wait, 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 he's putter from, he's putter from the, the payment, but he's hired for... No, no, there's no, there's no penalty, it's Sheila. We're not talking about Geneva. He took a Sheila, it means it's just only Karen over there. Oh. It's only Karen. And he doesn't, he doesn't have to pay the Karen. He, he, why does he have to pay the Karen? Because, because he's going to die. He's going to die at that right. point, right, right. Sure However, says Rav Potter, but that's only according to Rav Papa, because according to Chachamim, your liability, if you do something wrong, starts... Where she borrowed it on Wednesday, and therefore he's gonna to have to pay for the Karen, and he can be executed. So this is where you see Rapapa holds this particular din. Okay, John, we'll stop over here.